And now presenting the date night drive-in. Hello. Hello. Welcome, Welcome back to, to, to the, the date, date night, night drive-in. drive-in. Yay! We tried to do that in sync, and even though we're in the same room, we making quite very intense, it. unblinking eye contact. Absolutely. So, welcome to the date night drive-in. You're just in time to get your tickets before the trailers. So, this one is late again. Sorry. Maybe we should just start doing it at the start of the month and just do 11 this year. Maybe we should just do them where we can. Yeah. And not stress about our podcast, which like 10 people listen to. That's true. Speak of, hello. Hello, Dad, specifically. Hello to Anne's dad. It was like, why haven't you released the next episode yet? Hello to all of our, our lovely 10. Um, yes. Assign yourself a number, guys, and let us know, let us know what your number is. Nate's number one. Um, number one in my heart and number one in the podcast. Truly. So today, we're doing the usual suspects. Of course. I, I just need to prepare something really quickly, just before... Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's a Friday. We've both just finished work, so we're going to do some ASMR for you guys. You go. Oh, and I'll go. Delicious. Mm. Thank you, Sainsbury's own brand, gin and rose lemonade. Uh, other other supermarket brands are available until we get a Sainsbury's sponsorship. <laughs> So, The Usual Suspects is mm. today's film. Um, uh, we are going to watch it today as well, after after the dinner which Anne is going to make. Yay. So, The Usual Suspects, it's number 39 on the top 100. Oh, so is this the highest one we've seen? Uh, I'm just referring to, to, to... No, it's the same Brian Ryan is the highest one we've seen. Okay, work. But this is the second highest one we've seen. Okay, so this is... Not as good as Saving Private Ryan. But better than Casablanca. But better than everything else. Yeah, better than Casablanca and Alien. And to, Eternal Sunshine. And Eternal Sunshine, according to IMDb. So it's quite highly rated. This was released in 1995. Okay, so older than us. Yes. Um, this is to make our listeners who are older than us feel <laughs> really old. Um, so it's it's approaching 30 years old. It's 20, oh, it's good for them. 27 years old. Um there is something we just need to talk about with this film. It is directed by, and it stars, two sex predators, basically. Oh, um, it's directed by Brian Singer, and one of the most uh, sort of notorious performances in this film is by Kevin Spacey. Okay. Both of him are sex predators. I feel like we need to talk about this now, just to yeah. get it out of the way, so that when we're talking about, you know, the film Absolutely. and later, it's not sort of an unspoken thing, okay. like, hanging over... You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. so. I think, you know, everyone has their own perspectives on whether it's worth separating the art from the artist, mm-hmm. consuming art of someone who has done truly terrible things. Um, personally, without getting too explicit about it, I, I like to do a little bit of uh, high seas faring yes. to make sure that there is no money changes hands Yeah. Uh, for this kind of thing, but that's just me. So I thought we should just get out that out of the way first. Um, the cast of this movie is great, though, so... Aside from... Oh, well, Kevin Spacey is still a great actor. Mm. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, alongside Kevin Spacey, is Benicio Del Toro. Oh, who I love I him. Love him He's, He's so handsome. Amazing. And I think it's Sicario, the film with Emily Blunt. Giancarlo Esposito, who I love in, like, oh, everything. Is yeah, in this film. he's like your blobo. I just think he consistently turns in excellent villain performances. Mm. I've just seen him in The Boys, and he's great in Breaking Bad, mm. and even, like, Community for the one episode. Oh, he's yeah, he's so good at that. Um, so this film had a really small budget, had a $6 million budget. Okay. Which is tiny. Oh, small. Cool. I have, like, no concept oh, of okay. any money bigger than 200 £200, that yeah. is, yeah. Um, 
So that's quite a small budget for a film that turned out to be this famous. It returned a 24 million box office, okay. so it made a, you know, four times basically its mm. budget back. Um, the film was filmed in 35 days, mm. literally start really? to end of, of shoot. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so what is it? Is it a very like closed set, like they don't go yeah. a lot of places, very like... Um, that was the one Tarantino movie with they they Nick Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, so like like Reservoir Dogs. This is quite similar to Reservoir okay. Dogs in a lot of ways, actually. The, the tone mm. and sort of the the overall feel and aesthetic of the movie is quite similar, I think. Okay. Although Reservoir Dogs is more Tarantino. Yeah, stylized. Yeah, I bet you know, like Tarantino has his own very particular style, which I think, even though the movies are different, is quite like okay. you can always tell a Tarantino. Movie, yeah, yeah. There's feet in it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well done. Sorry. Slam dunk. Take that, that Quentin. That was a good high five for the. That probably peaked the microphone. So sorry, <laughs> sorry for future Adam has to edit this. Um, so this was nominated for two Oscars and it won both of them. So it had a. What one, was it? Best director and best lead actor. It had a one hundred percent conversion rate yeah. nominations to to victories. So it won best supporting actor for Kevin Spacey. Um, and it won best screenplay for Christopher McQuarrie, who's the oh cool right screenwriter of this, who seemingly wrote this and then just wrote some bad films because he did this and then he did a few other sort of bad films and then did like Mission Impossible 9 or something. I'm so glad you preempted my question which was going to be what else has he written? And um, and like the, the bad Tom Cruise the Mummy film. You know, oh. When they were trying to start the um the monster cinematic yeah, universe yeah, yeah. thing. The dark cinematic universe. Uh, doc- yeah, yeah. Uh, which was Universal was it? Yeah. yeah. And they did like Two films, I think, or one, and then they just stopped. Yeah. Um, that was quite funny. Um, Maybe he just was like, you know, a one-hit wonder kind of dude. So my question for you is, um, for the screenplay, mm-hmm. it, the the other rivals for the Oscar nomination... Oh, yes. Um, the two sort of biggest ones, I'd say, closest contenders, like the podium, mm-hmm. are Braveheart and Toy Story. And this one over both of them. So... I think after the film, mm. we can revisit and see if you think it did deserve that win. Haven't seen Braveheart. You haven't seen Braveheart? It's like three you, hours you and it's quote, just Mel you Gibson. You it all the time. Yeah, I quote loads of stuff I haven't seen all the time. You're, you're a fraud. <laughs> you're a fraud, <laughs> Sorry Spider-Man. for wanting to participate in the cultural consciousness. Oh, sue me. Toy Story is good. I don't know if there's anyone who I would pick out as best supporting actor, though. No, this is for screenplay. Oh, for screenplay. Screenplay, yeah. The but the other best supporting actor one that I might say is an option is Ed Harris for Apollo Thirteen, which mm, that one I have seen. You have seen? Yes. Uh, thank you, Simon Chosen, for making um watch that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> choked in the water laughing <laughs> at, at that incredibly accurate read. So we'll talk about the legacy a little bit. Mm-hmm. So this is thought of as one of the best sort of mm, crime thriller films of that kind of new wave that you had in the nineties with. With the Tarantino films, mm. with um, other, like The Departed and things like that as like well. Like the spiritual successor to kind of like the mafioso. Yeah, exactly. To, yeah. to like the, the early Scorsese films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are coming. They, they were the big, big dogs of the 80s in terms of crime movies. Yeah, and this is sort of the new take on the genre. Yeah. This is one of those real standout films. So, jumping in a little bit, just something mm-hmm. that I might end up discussing later then, mm-hmm. is in class, one of the things we learned that was really, like, prevalent in the 90s was this idea of, like, global cinema. So, movies stopped being, like, about a very similar, specific group of people, again, made by a 
you know, very small localized production company mm-hmm. and turned into this kind of like global event that was populated by a bunch of different type of people because they now had this global stage. You know, American movies, for example, were no longer just for Americans. They were for anyone. I mean, this was already the case, but it, it just because of, you know, wider communication and like the yeah. inter- information age and stuff, it just, everything got really big really quickly in the 90s. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see, again, I think in our post-discussion, that's a really great time for you to see if yeah. you think that falls into that sort of yeah. bucket overall. Okay, um, also in the legacy, this was... Kevin Spacey had been in things before. He'd been in some TV and he had small film roles. Mm. This is what you'd probably call his springboard I thought that was role. American Beauty. This was pre-American Beauty. Really? Yeah. Huh, okay. So he did this and then he went on to do American Beauty, uh, um, so Seven Ever, which is what I call yeah. Seven, and um, what's the other one? LA Confidential? Oh, La Confidential. What, where's that from? Calling LA Confidential um, La Confidential. I will need to check this. This is a big. This is a very Simon heavy episode. I will need to check with him before I tell the story publicly. Oh, he did once date a girl who thought um, LA Confidential was called La, La, Conf- La Confidential. La Confidential. That's for you, Simon Chisholm. <laughs> don't don't worry. Um, um, Melanie's probably not listening. So no, Mum doesn't listen. You, to this. you, you won't be cut on blast for that. Um, Okay, so that's sort of the legacy he kind of talks about. Mm. This is this is really his his breakout role. Yeah. He, he got the Oscar for supporting actor, then he went on to star in those three okay. sort of films, which I think a a lot of people would say are his like real kind of okay. Mount Rushmore of yeah, his yeah, best performances. Yeah. You know. So that the, sucks. So the plot. Are you aware of the plot? Uh, there's a crime and oh no, you did tell me this there, because there I made a, a I made like a very stupid joke about what the plot of the movie and was. And you were right. And you were like, yeah, that's the plot of the movie. So, which is a crime happens, and then they bring in like the usual suspects, yeah. and then they like get all buddy buddy, and they're like, let's do a crime. So, so yeah, there's there's a truck hijack in New York. They arrest five criminals. None of them are actually guilty, but while they're doing like the police lineup, mm. they're like. We should do another crime. Yeah. Um, basically, they realise that they're being controlled by, like, this shadowy crime lord figure. Uh, I, I'm not sure on the pronunciation. I think it's called Kaiser Soze. Kaiser Soze? Kaiser Soze. That might be it. Wait, Kaiser Soze is from this movie? Yeah, that's, that's what Kaiser Soze is from. Oh my gosh, no way. So, there you are. Uh, pardon my pronunciation. But they realise they're all, they're all sort of in debt to him and being controlled by him. So, they decide to get their own back mm. on him by well, coming together and doing a big old crime on the police. Um, so that's sort of the plot of this movie, which I think is quite interesting. I believe it sort of is a non-linear narrative where yeah. they kind of, it's kind of told in retrospect and they do a bit of unreliable narrator because I know it's all framed as the story being told by Verbal, who mm. is Kevin Spacey's character. Yes. So it's sort of like an unreliable narrator kind of, yeah, non-linear narrative thing, okay. which I think oh. is interesting. Yeah. Um, in case we didn't have enough of that, in our last episode with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Yay. which also had a unreliable narrator, <laughs> not known this or that. Anyway. I like movies that make you feel confused to watch. Um, do you? Yeah. <laughs> and there's some other movies on this list that will be worse. I'm talking about Inception. I've seen Inception. It's not that confusing. No, I don't think so. I just think it's... A lot of the themes aren't... Well, it's well... not a good movie. <laughs> is what I will say. Okay, okay, we can have that discussion when we get to that episode. So um, follow us at DH Night Driving on Twitter. You can see all of the tweets Sam does for this podcast. Um, 
So, I've got some trivias. You want to talk about some trivia? I would love to talk about some trivias. Okay. So, the screenwriter, Christopher McQuarrie, used to be a detective. So, a lot of the law enforcement characters oh. in this movie are based on... Oh my god, that's why this workers. movie is good and all his other movies Yeah, because he's great. just basically writing yeah. what he knows. Yeah. Um, it was shot in 35 days. We've done that. Um, they had a really small budget. And yes. in the film, um, there's... A, there's uh, basically a, a heist for emeralds, which mm. is quite a major part of it. And they used real emeralds to shoot with, and they were all incredibly worried that they would like lose or someone would steal the emeralds and bankrupt the production. That's really funny. Because they'd have to pay them back. I think that is really funny. Um, and the film's title is from a quote from another movie we've covered in the Date Night Drive-In, which is Casablanca. Oh, cool. When he says, um, when he says, yeah, round up the usual suspects. Oh, and, cool. And um, I believe the screenwriter was watching, or it was either the screenwriter or Brian Singer were, yeah. were watching Casablanca and heard that quote, and they were like, the usual suspects? That'd be a great name for a movie. Hack. Um, and so they, they had that concept of, like, the film's title. Mm. And simultaneously, the other one of the two, I can't remember who it was, yeah. um, basically saw, I think, just on TV or something, a police lineup, and mm. he loved the aesthetic of the police lineup. He's yeah. like, that, that could be a movie poster. I, and then the two of them sort of came together yeah. and created this film. I'd be really interested because, like, you see, I think, this kind of lineup aesthetic popularised in a lot of other main cast movies. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, Snatched comes to mind. Do you mean Snatch? Yes, Snatch, sorry. S Snatch sounds like a RuPaul. Snatch comes Snatch. to mind. As did the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, the trailers were very heavy. The first movie yeah. were very heavy on, like, this line-up idea. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. Mm. For sure. Oh, there you are. Um, that's all of my sort of pre-prepared stuff. So, last time I was playing on Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Do you have any more thoughts on that, Nave? Now Any more thoughts on the Turtle Sunshine? Yeah, now that the film's sort of uh, ahead of It bit. was great. All my thoughts were right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say I don't think it's turned out to be a film that's necessarily like lived in my mind, if you know what I mean. Oh, it has for me. Really? That's, yeah. that's interesting. I don't know, it's just, there are a lot of films where I go away and, you know, like, like a dog with a bone, I just like really chew over like yeah. the themes and everything. I just didn't really feel that with that's Sun fair. Sunshine. Which is weird. So, I have seen The Usual Suspects. You have not. No, I have not. That'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I... I quite liked it. I, don't, I watched it when I was in the middle of like a real like film boy sort of Scorsese mm. kick. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. So I was watching it directly after Scorsese, who uh, my hot take is the best ever crime director ever. So this can't really compare because it's, mm. you know, you're comparing to, yeah. to the, the king, the number one, yeah. you know, who loves Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll be interested to see how, how I sort of feel about it yeah, on, on rewatch. For sure. Um, is there anything you're expecting out of a first watch? Um, I am uh, wary, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, just because, you know, these kinds of movies, I appreciate them fine. They're not really for me. There's no. nothing I can find in it that I see in myself, which is one of the reasons why I really enjoy movies, as narcissistic as it may be. I know, absolutely. Um, so I'm sure I'll be, you know impressed by some stylistic choices. Can I say something really pretentious for this bit sure. to live up to the podcast? It's like um, if you think about one of the original the original movie in many ways where the were um, the idea of Greek theatre. Yes. Where the story is meant to be cathartic by reflecting yes. aspects of the 
view around the audience's personality yes, either exactly. positively or negatively. Yeah. And I feel like that's carried forward in a lot of new works. Yeah. But also I totally not agree. I think one of the reasons why I enjoy cinema is because I love to experience catharsis. Because yeah. uh, I'm bad at feeling my feelings. So It's just interesting parallel to three thousand years ago where someone would go and watch a Humans same. Humans always same. <laughs> so that's funny. And I'm gonna ask one of our classic questions. What movie sack are you gonna have? Oh well all I can think about is what we're having for dinner. Which is a watermelon and a goat's cheese salad with um, Palm, some... Parma ham for me and a shawarma for Anne. Ve- some vegan shawarma meat. Vegan, yeah, vegan and, shawarma. And um, some uh, bread and hummus. It'll be lovely. It's like a nice little chill picnic-y vibe, Like a Mediterranean really. sort of... Yeah, yeah, I think maybe perhaps ideal for a outdoor screening as it is the summer. Oh, that sounds really yeah. nice. Yeah, like fresh fruit. And um, Also, Anne's come up with this idea, which we're going to do tomorrow... Um, while recording this, which is um, basically we're going to watch a a film. We're going to select a film to watch and then oh, yeah. have like, drinks slash cocktails and dinner that fit like the vibe of the film. I didn't come up with this. I saw this on a ways to keep your relationship feeling fun and exciting on TikTok. Yeah, for our incredibly boring relationship. No, I just don't want you to get bored of me. <laughs> okay. So, for example, if it was like one of the old spaghetti westerns, you could have spaghetti. I would make like, us cowboy pie yeah, if we did. Yeah, or cowboy pie, or you could, we could have like um, tequila shots or something like that. Yeah. You know? Oh, that sounds fun. Or um, or if it was like... I'm like, oh, let's Akira watch... Kurosawa film. Yeah, I was literally about to be like, let's watch a Kurosawa film. And, and, I'm like, yeah, we could, have, we could have like ramen or sushi and mm, um, like sake. You don't like sushi. I, I don't, but I'd do it for you. Oh, thank you. And then like um, sake or like asahi or something mm. like that would be really nice. Now I'm hungry. So my question is, with that concept in mind, what would you do for this film? Oh, the usual set, suspects? set in New York. Like steak and eggs, chips and steak an and egg eggs. cream. Okay. You could do like a New York pizza or donuts because it's like a police film. No, this is like, I'm feeling like Italian restaurant, like okay. old timey crime vibes. Old timey crime vibes. Mm. Should, should we go and watch them old timey crime vibes? Let's get some old timey crime vibes. The trailers are just about to begin. Oh, I did that bit at the start. Um, <laughs> the trailers have ended and they've come up with that, um, like the racing classification board, which is. Oh my gosh, the cert. The cert. The cert's on. Yeah. And the podcast is off until we finish the show and we'll come back and talk to you in a bit. Hit play. See you guys later. Hello. The titles have just rolled across the screen. And look at that. Edited by Amelia Chisholm. Wow. Hello, welcome back to the Date Night Drive-In. Um, for you, it's been a matter of seconds. You might have heard a fun advert of an item from one of the other podcasts we're in. For us, it's been a few hours um, since we've watched the film. We've let our thoughts sort of marinate on it, and we're going to come back to you and talk about the usual suspects. Yes. What was your experience watching that film? Yeah, uh, I watched a movie. It was yeah. pretty good. I think my takeaway from this movie is I thought it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I felt if your definition of a great movie is that you can't the the music and the costuming and the directing mm-hmm. is done so skillfully that it's basically indetectable upon watching undetectable uh, sure um, then they've done a really good job yeah then I think this is a really good movie 
I personally didn't super connect with it or the plot. I think crime movies are fun. I recognise that they're not kind of for me as a genre. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we're being picky because I think this is an excellently written... It's a great movie. ...movie, especially with... Um, we're going to immediately launch into spoilers, so go and watch the movie if you're bothered yeah. about it. It's been out for, like, nearly 30 50? years. Came out in the 80s, right? Uh, this was, like, 1990. Okay, so 30 Yeah, it's been out for, for, for about 30 years. So, you know, don't blow after supporting it. Uh, you know, with, like, the reveal that the entire story that um, mm. Verbal has been feeding them is just made up from, like, things that he can see in the office. Yeah. And he's actually... Kaiser? Ka- Kaiser. Kaiser. He's actually Kaiser like, Sophie. It's like Kaiser, like the German. Oh, yeah. Which is also where Saar yes. comes from, as in Saar Nicholas, and CZ. Yeah. They, are. they all come from Caesar, right? Caesar, yeah. yeah. Which is... Really interesting. Language is cool. Language is cool. Uh, What is also cool is this movie. So I think it is very well written, very well put together. The acting performances, I would say are solid. Like, I think Kevin Spacey's good. I wouldn't be like, this is one of the best Oscar winning performances ever. You know, I I think even in our series already, we've seen better performances. Yeah. Um, For me, this just isn't a, a foundational movie. Yeah, if I, that makes sense. I don't feel like it's a demanding movie. No. I don't think it demanded a lot from... Maybe, I think the person, people who demanded the most from was maybe uh, the props department. Yeah. But I don't think it demanded a lot from the actors. I don't think it demanded a lot from the viewer. Um, the thing about uh, Brian Singer and any chance I get to smack talk him is I also don't think he is a particularly great director. I think he no. just puts good actors in his movies. I, I didn't feel that the directing here necessarily um, elevated the material at no, all. No, I think everyone in this movie is independently... Uh, very talented, basically. Actor, and yeah, in that case, the directing isn't really that influential. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got really confused at the start of this movie because we were making jokes about what food we would pair with it, like mm-hmm. New York food. Um, and then it starts in California. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, you can have burritos. Um, but no, it is, the majority of the I movie know. is set in both New York yeah. and California, kind of jumping between the two. You can have burritos, but the wraps are pizza. Pizza, but one is good and one is terrible. Wow. <laughs> um, so this movie kind of starts after there's been a huge explosion and a bunch mm-hmm. of people dying in Los Angeles. We cut back to New York, which is a few months ago where our criminal team meet one another, become co-workers of some sort. Sure. Colleagues. <laughs> yeah. Partners in crime, you might say. Um, and we sort of jump between those two storylines from the perspective of Verbal, uh, Kevin Spacey's character, who is being interviewed by um, the police detectives yeah. after the crime in Los Angeles, basically. And it's essentially, again, he presents himself, uh, Kevin Spacey's character, that is, as a sort of one-off observer not really involved in the crime life kind of just Mm -hmm. there as the brains behind the operation Mm -hmm. not really doing a lot of terrible stuff um and then it turns out he's the the main bad dude it's interesting huh yeah and um towards the end of the movie when he's walking away and he's tricked the police and he's tricked everyone and he stops stepping into like the limo um you see he loses those affectations of you know his dodgy knee and his dodgy arm and everything and he's he starts walking straighter and you see like the real sort of steel in his yeah. eyes. That's, that's a really good sort of acting change. A great way to end the movie on that uh, yeah. reveal as well. I think 
Um, I did get really excited because there was a side character in the movie called Kobayashi. Yes. Um, and the Kobayashi Maru is a very famous like test in Star Trek, which I love. So I was like, oh my god, let's pause the movie for ten minutes so I can tell so, you so, about so the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. yeah. Uh, luckily, you, dear listener, are going to be but scared. if I think it is relevant because the Kobe, the Kobayashi was like a pop cultural phenomenon before this movie. Yeah. And because of the way the Kobayashi Maru, eh, can't say words. Kobayashi Maru test works in Star Trek. Basically, it's like an unwinnable program scenario. So the term Kobayashi became like synonymous in Western mm-hmm. pop culture, at least with like. Mm-hmm an unwinnable scenario or an unwinnable thing, which I think is kind of what Kevin Spacey's character placed his um, co-worker, colleague, crime people in. Yeah. Absolutely. So I do think that was like a neat, deliberate choice. Yeah. Um, so, so just to expand on the point I was sort of going to uh, mention before, some of the films we've watched for this series, um, the ones that particularly kind of stick out in my head, I think, are... Alien and um, Casablanca, and even mm. Saving Private Ryan to a certain extent. Yeah, I, I call them foundational because they represent the start of a, a new way of portraying the genre. I you totally know? agree. Like Alien started a new way of showing these um, sort of sci-fi films, yeah. or Casablanca did the exact same thing, and Saving Private Ryan was a new look at how war movies yeah. were handled as well. I feel like this film doesn't really achieve this. This film is not kind of the, the, the progenitor, if you like, that yeah. other um, crimes of neo-noir films of this nature follow. And I don't feel that. And that's why I'm not... Like, I still think it's a really good film. Mm-hmm. I'm aware I'm coming off negatively. But I just don't think this is a... Um, what was it? Number 39 greatest film I of all totally time. agree. In my notes, I've put maybe, like, 70s. Is yeah. Where I would place for it. me, I'd have it on the list. But I... I'm being picky, but like my criteria is that the film has to be, for, for me, to, for me, for it to be on the yeah. list, it has to be like generation setting. I totally agree. It has to be so kind of um, inevitable that it defined the way that that this as a genre but is presented. I think this is kind of bringing us back to a theme that we're going to find a lot, especially in the top, I'd say, forty, thirty yeah. movies that are here, which is that because there is a specific type of person who is putting voting for these movies to be in the IMDb top 100 rated um you can you can say it uh which i think is you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh white film boys no pa- offense to pa- you pale male and so yeah yeah but they you know there's straight so slightly slightly adjacent um but basically because of this i think we're going to see a lot of movies in the top that are not very challenging. Absolutely. Um, in terms of both filmmaking style, challenging as a consumer, challenging as in presenting different perspectives to your own. Yeah, ch- ch- challenging, as you say, themes to consider. Exactly. Uh, I don't think... I think this is a well-made film. I don't think it's a film you come away from um, with new questions open I to totally your mind. Agree. And new ideas in your mind. I mean... A, a film that I love, which is on this list, uh, thankfully, I know because I wrote it out, is uh, Blade Runner. Oh, um, I wish I have not seen. The, I've read the book, the, but I have not the seen original. the movie. Well, it's not 100%. Yeah. yeah anyway, uh, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> um, uh, to me, that is a movie where it defines the way you think about something and you come with so many questions mm. in your head. This, to me, isn't one of those films. It's, it's a well-presented... I know you called it a caper. It's not quite a caper. But no, it's, it's not as fun. It's not even no. like... 
this is the thing, even if we're criticizing like all almost all white cast male um movies with like maybe a boring straight romance going on. The thing about like stuff like, for example, Oceans uh, Eleven, the original and the remake, um, and for example, even Snatch, which I referenced in the the previous yeah. bit to this. I love Snatch. Um, they have this air of like fun about them. Even the older yeah. uh, mafia movies, like you know, The Godfather and Goodfellas and stuff. Yeah. There's a little like people are having fun there, and I think this movie just it takes itself so seriously. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, and and that's sort of it to me is, I think I think this film this it's a good it's a good movie. I just think it's a totally almost like self contained viewing experience. Yeah. Where you go into it, you watch it, and you come away, and you've watched a film. You don't you don't come away. Absolutely. You've, you've had your viewpoint on something changed. You've had your ideas challenged. You know, it's I think it's as good as a film that doesn't do those things can be. Yeah. If that makes sense. And this is what happens when we let you know. Um, a a non diverse group determine what is worth being in canon. Yeah. Um. So yeah, everyone, especially if you are you know uh, a person of color, not straight, not cis, go on to IMDb and rate your movies. We beg. We 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 do it and we write on Letterbox. Yeah. As well, I, I sometimes do IMDb. I've done it in the past. Yeah. Um. Maybe that could be a bonus content episode because. I haven't really done IMDb ratings for about three years. Yeah. And I think in that time my media literacy is Absolutely. I think you remember said I remember you saying when you first watched this movie, you were like, Oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. When you were like in a, a teen film boy mindset. Because I thought it was cool and fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, I thought it was it was it was a cool, clever movie and I was like, Ah, this movie made me feel smart and it's you know oh that you know, Keys of Sose is awesome and everything because that was well, that guys are so so yeah, but I was like because that's the mindset that I was in. But now, kind of like it's like a different viewpoint. But um, yeah, for for a bonus episode, maybe if people are curious to see that, we could go through my old letterbox. Oh my uh, god! And IMDb ratings. Are you sure I might break up with you? Uh, I, th- I think it would be funny. <laughs> um, just to see to see you know what sort of uh, what sort of things I. Um, I did write something in my notes, which you haven't said verbatim, but I think you've kind of hinted at, Mm -hmm. um, which Will always says he likes movies because it's a bunch of talented actors acting at one another, which is what I thought this movie kind of was. Yeah. Um, I thought you would say that, but you didn't, alas. Um, Yeah, so so, um, to clarify, what I mean by that is I love scenes where... So I've just watched um, Good Luck to You, Leo Grande, Mm. which is a... A film that's just out now in cinema is about the relationship between an older woman and an escort, and it's really good. And what I mean by actors acting at each other is, I mean, it, it's simple paired back um, directing that lets the actors shine and lets it just be, um, um, you, you know, there's, there's there's no bells and whistles, there's no it's, there's no cleverness to it. It's it's almost like watching a play. Yeah. And those are some bits that I really enjoy in in films, and this had plenty of that, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, one of the other points which I made prior in the first half uh, was about global cinema, which I thought mm-hmm. we'd talk about a little bit, because that is something that became very prevalent in the 90s. Yeah. You get the blockbuster, stuff like Mission Impossible, uh, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne, stuff like that, where our heroes travel all over the world, mm-hmm. the production teams are all over the world, the actors come from all over the world. And I think this movie being made in, uh, or released in 1990, correct? Um, 
Jury's confirmed. He's just going to double check. So, so, so. Um, Otherwise, my point may be wrong. Because it's stupid. Because uh, 1985. 1985. So I think that's kind of what. 1995. I would... 1995. 1995. Okay. So it's. I think for me, it's very much like a symbol of the beginning of this globalization and a slight precursor mm-hmm. in that you get stuff like um, whilst they are traveling still within America, it's totally opposite ends of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, the emeralds which they steal at the start are come from South America, mm. so there's a lot of jet setting involved. Whilst it is domestic in that it's mainly retained to America and then also you know the next door continent, South America, mm. there is still this idea of of a quite a big world which is easy to traverse. Yeah, which I think is very neat. So I've got quite a neat way to sum this up. So. We're recording this on a Sunday. Mm. Uh, there's a peek behind the curtain. Uh, this is behind the scenes. We watched the film on a Friday evening. Yes. Um, we're recording this on a Sunday because we like to have a bit of time to let our thoughts sort of marinate mm-hmm. and then we come back and record our, our yeah. sort of, um, debrief almost. Yeah. On Saturday night, so yesterday mm-hmm. for us, we watched um, A League of Their Own. Yes, oh my gosh. We found a film so which came good. out in 1993, I think, so a similar mm-hmm. time period. But... Since, you know, even though it's, it's, we've, it's been a day less since we watched that film than we watched these suspects, we've had way more conversations about A Leave Their Own yeah. and some of the themes and points it raises than the usual suspects. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of says, a, yeah. you know, that encapsulates almost. I think when it comes down to it, I've said it before and I'll say it again, that my criteria for a truly great movie um, is, A, it's expertly made it's well crafted mm-hmm. be that there is something about it which is unique and iconic within the world of cinema mm-hmm. it does something different it pushes a boundary it changes a genre definition even slightly it has some kind of iconic pop cultural impact and the third one um being personal is that i find some kind of emotional resonance within it which I know isn't objective, but I don't really think you can have objective opinions about art. Particularly, yeah, particularly about film. Because, yeah. Um, and it's yeah. what makes a great movie to me. Um, not me being like, this should be shown in every film class. Um, I think every film could be shown in any film class, depending on what you were studying. Yeah. Um, so, personally, I think it's a fine movie. I think it's very well made. Um, there's nothing... And I got no emotional stake in it, basically. Yeah. Um, I do think... Uh, oh my gosh, I always forget his name. Give me a clue. Esposito, is his name? Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. I think he does an absolutely fantastic job, as does Benicio Del Toro. They were the highlights of the movie for me. Yeah. Uh, which made me feel weird about being like, I like the cops so much. But I thought they both were incredible. Yeah. And it was a joy to watch them. Yeah, I, I love... Um... It's also Red Sea Giancarlo Esposito not playing um, a bad, the bad guy, guy, right? Because he does the bad guy so well. Um, I've just been watching a lot of the boys, and he's yeah. great in that. He's obviously amazing in uh, Breaking Bad. I think in his Gus. older age, he's yeah. definitely lent towards more the the more morally dubious roles. Dubious, dubious. But, um, he, he does he does sort of cultured, yeah, and urbane very well. So it's interesting to see a more a more sort of emotionally raw performance out of him Absolutely. Than, than we used to have him. Yeah, so in summary, um, I thought this movie was... I, when I say fine, I actually mean it's good. I think you've just been spoiled with some pretty great movies on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, there's like no, 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 sh- no shade to this movie. I feel like when we eventually get round to this, isn't a spoiler because you know that they're on this list. Mm. The Godfather, The Godfather Part Two, and Goodfellas. My dad, some of my dad's favorite movies. Some, hello, yeah. Simon. Hello, Simon. Listening. This is the Simon episode. Um, I feel like when we eventually get round to those and then look back at the usual suspects, the, the yeah, we're gonna be like, gonna be oh, cool. okay, and. and I, I feel like a lot of that is actually down to the directing as well. Yeah. Because I said that I didn't feel like um, Brian Singer, Fox X Predators, um, elevated the material, whereas, I mean, it's Martin Scorsese. You yeah, know? exactly. I think uh, maybe the thing about this movie is good that it's just well written, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Some and of the actors are pretty good. So so put it, put it this way. Um, I think it's relatively rare you get a, a film which is nominated for best screenplay or best screenwriter or whatever and no other yeah like technical yeah um, nominations at all and the fact that this film won best screenplay wasn't even nominated for you know directing editing uh, editing um sound uh, original soundtrack things like that sound design yeah for an action for a film with yeah. a lot of action and things like that yeah. as well i feel like that tells you a lot about about the movie yeah i would agree so yeah in summary Meh. In summary, yeah, like it's definitely worth watching. I think if you're if you're trying to do some sort of like we are yeah. insane. Again, this is making us sound like we do not like it. this movie. Yeah, this movie was pretty good. We both relatively enjoyed it. It just it was, didn't. It was hit. good fun to watch on a Friday night. Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, I feel like it's definitely worth watching if you're trying to tick off every film. Absolutely, but it just didn't hit. I yeah, I feel like if you want a film which is really gonna. Cut deep. Knock your this, socks off. Yeah, this, this isn't the one. So I've got my I've got my two questions that I typically ask. Please do. Um, so my first one is, everyone in this film except one person is replaced by a Muppet and one person is just themselves. Yeah. Who is the one person in this movie? Uh, Benicio Del Toro. Very, yeah, I, I totally agree. I just think it'd be fun if it was maybe Kevin Spacey. Yeah, but I would like to replace him in this movie in any chance I get. So. Oh, I, I totally <laughs> understand what you mean, yeah. Um... My other question is, you can have lunch with one person from this film's cast or crew. Um, Benicio Del Toro, and I'll be like, I'm in love with you, would you like to marry me? Benicio Del Toro is a really good choice, and you can be like, sorry, you got a really bad role in Star you, Wars. You'd forgive me if I dumped you for Benicio Del Toro, right? I, I think so, he's got lots of money. Yeah. He's also great in Sicario. And he's gorgeous. <laughs> Not Cicero. <laughs> um, my pick is Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I didn't pick him, because I thought you I think would. he's great, and I've seen so many scenes of him... Of him Intimidatingly eating. Mm. He does you, just, you just love him to eat intimidatingly in front of you, right? He does. He's so many roles where he very deliberately cuts a, pe- a tiny piece of steak and yeah. eats it very slowly, and then puts down his cutlery with a little clatter on the plate. And I'm like, if he did that, I would have a great time. <laughs> um, okay, that's that talked about. I, I think is it time to delve into the box of Will's terrible handwriting? You just got to ask about the places. The places. Yes. So this was. This is right number thirty-nine. Do you feel like it deserves? No. Place? Do you feel like it deserves a place in the top one hundred? Yes. I think a place in the seventies. Mm, I'd say. I'm going to put eighty-two. Uh, yeah, I'd say seventy-seven to eighty-five is kind of like where I would give it a place. I do think it's up there. I do not think it's one of yeah. the best hundred movies I've ever seen. Like, uh, if someone was like, I want to watch the five. Cry- that genre-defining neo-noir films or crime films, I'd be like, I wouldn't take this one. Maltese Falcon better be on that list, Will. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, put it this way, Kevin Spacey in the 90s was in three sorts of neo-noir mm. crime-thriller films. 
and this isn't top two for me of those three. I think Sir Seven Evan and uh, La Confidential are both better. <laughs> we know it's Ali Confidential. It's, it's a bit. It's a bit. It was only a bit. <laughs> it was only okay. a bit. Okay, so Anne has the um, a, a box. It's actually the cardboard from an old box of socks. So she's doing a little shuffle shuffle. Uh, can you just shuffle shuffle that again? Okay, uh, close your eyes. He's unfolded very well. I can see Amelie in there. Okay, and shuffle your hand around. Pick one out. Uh, we reserve the right to redraw a sequel um, until we've seen the first one. Oh, hell yeah! Hell yeah! This is the Nam one. What is it? Citizen K. Yeah, baby! Um, good old Orson Welles. Remind me who Rosebud was? <laughs> um, yeah, Rosebud's just the woman he loved, right? <laughs> I love this movie. This movie is very formative for me because I remember it was one of the first movies we ever watched uh, in my first year of film studies. And mm-hmm. I went in being like, this movie's gonna suck. It's a boring old man movie. Um, and then I watched and it yet. and I was like, oh, this movie's pretty great, actually. <laughs> Um, I'm really excited to watch it again. And have you seen it? It's in game, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, was, I wanted it to be your first time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. This is also one of the first movies that we've both seen it going in. Yeah, we both saw Avengers. And Eternal Sunshine. And Eternal Sunshine. I think most of the others were, but not. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really jazzed. It's going to be a great watch, you guys. I'm, I'm very jazzed. Um, yeah, obviously... Orson Welles is, this is his magnum opus. It's a good movie. I think it's interesting that his magnum opus was like his, was it, this was his first ever film, right? I think so. He primarily watched radio production before this. Yeah. This is where you get um, War of the Worlds. Because he did this, then he did a load of other stuff, like he did um, Journey into Fear and mm. Beth and things like that. Mm. But from here, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's, it's, and this is definitely something we'll talk about when we're talking about his legacy. Um, yeah, so uh, join us next time when we try to solve the murder of Charles Foster Kane. At the The date night night drive-in. You know Charles Foster Kane wasn't murdered, he just died of old age. Okay, good, I was just checking. I know, I just thought, well, well, it's kind of a big kind of thing.